welcome to No Filter. This is Patty. I'm Rowan. And here we go. <laughs> we are. I just want to start by saying yes. I apologize for last week's episode. Well, not apologize, but you know, it was kind of really poor quality. We were doing it through FaceTime. Um, and usually the quality isn't that bad, but I don't know. This last one was not that great. And we weren't fully prepared. It was kind of more of a casual episode for us to catch up. Yeah. So hopefully you are still entertained and we'll have some better material for you today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think we have a good good uh set list today. Um <laughs> So, I guess uh we could start off um I took a little trip this weekend. Um So Jealous. I, <laughs> Yeah, I have um I've had on my list of cities to visit for a while, Montreal in Canada. And so I decided that, well, it was between that and Chicago. Those were like the two big cities on the East Coast that I've really been dying to go to. I don't know why you look like that. Could we make it a stop on the road trip? That is not possible. No, it's the completely opposite direction. I'm sorry. (laughs) It logistically literally makes no sense. What if we went to Chicago those few days that we were thinking about going to Miami? Um, no. If we can... Not for me, personally. Anyways, back to the show. (laughs) We'll talk about it later. (laughs) Just killing my dreams. Um, anyways, so those are the two main cities that I've been really trying to get to, especially before we move out to, um, L.A., So this past weekend, um, I was able to plan a trip up to Montreal and it was really nice. It's a cool city. Like I really enjoyed it. I would definitely go back. Um, I, there's a lot of stuff that I wanted to get to, but I didn't, I'm not mad about it. I think we did a lot, but, um, it was a six hour drive, but we left Thursday and then we stopped in Waterbury, Vermont on the way up and slept there for the night. And we stopped at like a lot of different, um, uh, what's it called? Like breweries and restaurants and stuff on the way. That was really cool. And then, um, (laughs) it was funny crossing the border. So we crossed from Vermont. And so, you know, I had, you know, we had some weed with us and some other stuff. Here we go again. Okay, everybody in the car was fully aware of the things that we had in our possession, so I didn't hide it this time, but, so usually when you cross the border, or even when we went to Toronto, they warn you and they tell you how far the border is. So when we left Vermont to cross the border Friday morning, we were about three hours away, maybe, And so we're driving, we're driving, we're driving. And then there's a sign that says Canada, like, uh, an hour or whatever. So we're like, oh, that must be the border or whatever. And then Montreal would be an hour and 45 minutes away. So we see that sign and we're like, all right, we got time. All of a sudden, the border patrol pops up out of nowhere. And I was like, I am not ready. <laughs> like, I had to take, like, the Adderall switch it into, like, a different bottle. And I had to, like, put the weed in my bag, like, in a shoe. Like, I just was not prepared to cross the border at that time. But oh my God. <laughs> I was like, all right, here we go. I don't really have a choice. I just threw everything under my seat. Like, they would never find it there. <laughs> so... <laughs> 
We get to the port- border, and it's a girl. It's like a lady patrol officer or whatever, and she was not playing any games. She was not into, like, greetings, like, hey, how you doing? Like, nothing. They take their job very seriously, as they should, because, you know, they're, like, patrolling the country. So... She asks us all these questions and like they ask you like what your job is, what you're going for, like where you came from. And then we had like camping gear in the back because we slept in Vermont the night before. She was like, well, are you camping in Canada? And we're like, no. And she's like, well, do you have um, I think she said something like 15,000 Canadian dollars. And we're like, I was I said no. And then the driver (laughs) was like, I don't really know what that is in American dollars. (laughs) And I was like. It doesn't matter because no matter you what don't have that. that exchange rate is, we don't have that kind of money. <laughs> and the exchange rate is not that much. It's like right now, I think it's like 1.25 or something like that. So it does, it's, it's a little bit more. The dollar's worth a little bit more in Canada, but not that much. So, mm-hmm. she, so she's like 8,000 US dollars. And he's like thinking about it. And I'm like, if you have $8,000 on you right now, I'm not paying for a shit on this entire trip. I was like, we do not have $8,000. She's like, well, how much do you have? I was like, maybe $600 in cash. Like, I'm really just not sure. So whatever. And she's just like side-eyeing us the whole time. She lets us go. We get into Montreal, drive into the city. Um, it's known as, a little fun fact, it's known as Cone City because they're constantly under construction all over the city. So, like, those orange cones or whatever. Uh-huh. And so what they do, instead of doing, like, one road here and there, like, doing it little by little, they literally take the whole city under construction all at the same time. So, like, surprisingly, yeah, it's crazy. So, surprisingly, there wasn't that much traffic, but still, I was like, oh, my God. Like, what happens when there's something big going on? Like, that must be, like, so annoying. Um, But Montreal itself was really, really awesome. We had a cute little loft that we got from Airbnb. Shout out to Airbnb. Hell, yeah. It was $40 a night. So, I think it was, like, with the fees and everything, it was $86 for two nights. And it was right next to, um, there was a bus stop right outside and there was the metro station. Like it was maybe a 10 minute block down to the subway station. And the metro system was just like it was in Europe in Paris and Barcelona. So fucking easy. I was so happy. They have like five train lines that go all around the city and it's just one train per line. It's not like A, C and E train on the blue and one, two, three on the red. Like it's so easy to navigate. Um, we didn't spend any money on Ubers or taxis or anything. We didn't drive anywhere, um, on the weekends after, after 6 PM on Fridays until like midnight on Sunday, you can get an unlimited Metro ticket, which is the bus and the train for like $13, which is, I think like $10 in American dollars. So we did, we did that the entire time. And then we just walked everywhere. It was so simple. Um, really good food, really good drinks. Um, probably the, the most disappointing part of the trip, um, we probably went to the worst strip club in North America, like the continent of North America. (laughs) I'm going to have to re, we're going to have to revisit this. Yes. Hit like the Midwest or something like on our way. Well, I think actually, why don't we make it like a thing to stop at strip clubs everywhere we go on the road trip? Let's do it. Yeah, I think that well, would be fantastic. you don't fan- tell me twice. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be fantastic. I think that would be great. Cool. Okay. So we'll add that to the list. 
so with that. So I can do this comparison because it really just was. And I've heard so many good things about like the strip world of Montreal, like Canada and Montreal. And like Montreal is like the sex capital of Canada because they used to have the red light district and they had all these things and they have the strip clubs and blah, blah, blah. And it was just really disappointing. Granted, we went into a strip club like on the main strip. So it was Uh one of, I don't know if it was like one of those like things where you shouldn't, you've got to go out of the way a little bit for the good ones. But, um, there was a cover charge. As soon as we walked in, the security guard asked us where we wanted to sit at the stage, a table or the bar. And I just wasn't prepared to answer that question at that time. Like I just wanted to take in the surroundings and like, just feel it out. But you had to make a decision as soon as you walked through the door. Well, I just wasn't sure because it just, it was a little empty and there wasn't a very attractive person on the stage. stage. You always say stage if you were given the option. Well, wait. So we were like, let's just go to the bar and get a drink first and then sur- like look at our surroundings. Like, let's just, mm-hmm. you know, see where we're at right now. So he brings us to the bar. He like brings us to s- two seats at the bar and then, um... My friend is talking to the security guard and they keep talking and I'm like, what does he want? And he's like, he wants us to tip him for walking us to our seats. I said, I'm sorry, what? And then the security guard comes up to me and he's like, yes, it's customary to tip, uh, to tip me for bringing you to showing you to your seats. And I was just like, um, I've got like a dollar, like <laughs> Canadian coins or whatever. So that's what I gave him. But I was like, that is absurd. I have to tip you for walking me to my seat. Like, that's crazy. So next, like, I don't know. The music just wasn't that good. The girls were not that good. <laughs> and then there was like one that was like super pretty. But I think we only thought she was like super, super pretty because all the In other comparison. ones were not that pretty. But she had a really cute body. Like she was probably the best dancer. It just it just wasn't what I what I expected it to be. And then all, the only ones that came up to us to ask us if we wanted to dance were like the really ugly ones. So I was like, are we ugly? Like why is anybody else coming up to us? This is so strange. So that was that um, situation. And then I didn't get my question answered. But my main concern in in Canada strip clubs, so their dollars are coins. So they have dollar coins and $2 coins. So how do you throw money at them on the stage if they're coins? Do you just stick them in their asshole? Uh, I don't know. I didn't see anybody doing that. <laughs> I didn't try. And like another vending <laughs> And then another thing is that they would get on stage and dance, but nobody was like tipping them. So I was like, how do they make their money? And I think they make their money on private dances. Like, I think that's just, they just dance to dance, and then they just make their money from private dances. Maybe. I don't know. It was weird. If anybody's got the answer out there, let me know, because I'm very interested in the strip club culture in Montreal. (laughs) Yeah, that is interesting. Did we go to one in Toronto? No, No, right? We didn't, unfortunately. I've heard theirs are really nice also. Like, very, like, gentleman's club, very classy. Word. In Montreal, it's a little more raunchy. I've always wanted to have, like, one night... In a strip club where I could just dance, where nobody knew me. There's a place. I read an article. Kill it. I read an article like that. There's a place in New Mexico. It's a trucker stop where you can do that. I'm I'm just telling you that you have an option. (laughs) I'm not trying to go to a trucker stop. It's a trucker stop, but it's like a famous strip club. 
in like New Mexico. I think it's New Mexico. I'll look up the Vice article. Vice has everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So other than that, the food was fabulous. We had poutine, which is like a known uh, Canadian Montreal dish, and they even have this twenty-four hour spot, and they have vegan poutine, which is just what is poutine. So poutine is just like fresh cut fries. Like they have to be fresh, never frozen, with um, gravy sauce. And then Uh cheese curds, which sounds not that great, but it's absolutely delicious. But then you can, a lot of people, like, you can add different things to it. Like, you can customize it or whatever. So, we had the first one at this beer tasting we did. And then we went to the 24-hour spot. And they did it with, like, vegan sauce and vegan cheese. It was outstanding. Yeah, they're very vegan-friendly, very veggie-friendly. I love. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we came across a lot of cafes that were, like, just all vegan, everything. And it was really good. So, yeah, and then Old Montreal was really nice. That's more of, like, the European feel, all cobblestone. The Notre Dame Basilica is there, which is stunning. It's so beautiful. It doesn't compare to Gaudi's La Sagrada Familia, but it was beautiful. And, um, yeah, a lot of cute little bars down there. It was just nice. And I felt like I was in Europe for a little bit, and everybody was speaking French around me, and I just got really excited. Oh, it's so <laughs> I know. sexy. I know. And I was so impressed with myself. I could read French so well, and I picked up even more there than I did in Paris, like people's French and stuff. So I think one of my goals is going to be to teach myself French, because I think I'm there. Good for you. Thank you. Thank you. And then you can just be my tour guide all the time. All right. So, yeah, that was my experience. <laughs> um... What was that? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I was just trying to move on. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, and then another major world um, event that happened while I was gone. Major! Major, major world event, major key, <laughs> major key, which I did not have the key to this world event because Canada doesn't fuck with America and HBO Go, which is so disappointing, was Beyonce's Queen Lemonade. Queen. I was not able to quench my thirst. <clears throat> so I was in Canada on Saturday when the visual album dropped on HBO and I could not access my HBO Go because I was in Canada. So I had to wait till I came back on Sunday. And well, Sunday night and I didn't, I fell asleep. So Monday morning I tried to get on and watch it and it was fucking gone. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I had not many people realize it was a 24 hour thing. Yeah. So I just had to create a new email to do a trial <laughs> on title so I could watch it. Oh, my God. Word. But, yeah. So, Beyonce. Lemonade. What you- slay, queen. <laughs> slay. I just want to say before we really get into it that I love Beyonce. I think she's great. She's an amazing artist. That She always comes out with, like, dope-ass shit. Obviously, she's the queen. But she's still a robot to me. She's not a real person. Right. No, she's like an alien. A robot. I like the word robot. She's both. She's an alien robot. Whatever you want to call it, the bitch is not real. She's not real life. I don't understand it. I appreciate it, though. Um, Because we will probably not ever see another one like that in our lifetime. Maybe, yeah. Mm, I I don't foresee it happening. 
yeah. that type of work ethic and that type of um, discipline that she has. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, don't it know. is pretty. It is pretty phenomenal. Yeah. So. <laughs> what do we, what do we... <laughs> I just want to say that she gives me so much life. And I didn't, I actually did not become a total fan of Beyonce until we went and saw the Made in America tour and saw her oh, live. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Prior to that, I was like, I don't really get it. I don't get the hype behind her. I think she's great. Yeah, she's talented. Okay, cool, whatever. But seeing her live mm-hmm. and the energy that, that, that the entire place had when she got on that stage and just her performance and everything, the woman is phenomenal. Yeah, The woman definitely. is phenomenal. Um, and I just love that she is so classy. Yeah. Like, even when she's being super, like, oh, like... Aggressive. Sexy, aggressive, she still has such class and grace about her that you're just like, no. Yeah. You're queen. Definitely. So... But yeah, I did, I said, I was like, oh yeah, queen of everything. Me and my brother and my sister had a group chat and we all watched Lemonade at like different times and we were talking about it the next day and I was just like, he was like, I watched it two and a half times <laughs> before going to bed. And I'm like, him. word. I was like, queen of everything. And he's like, except for Hove. <laughs> and I was like, damn. Well, only for a, t- a short period of time. Well, here's the thing. As much as we want to think she's a robot, she is human. And that's what I loved about this visual album. Because Mm -hmm. I think that finally she gave people something that they could really, really relate to. Yeah. Whereas before she was just so... I mean, yeah, you could relate to her her lyrics, like whatever, and all this stuff. But she seemed so untouchable. She seemed so perfect. She seemed so... You know, like, she didn't go through the things that women go through in relationships being Beyonce. Yeah. And you can still be Beyonce and face these same issues within relationships and marriages with infidelity and and lies and trust and bullshit. Right. Um, so I think that it was wonderful that she shared all of that um, with people to... It, she kind of it kind of like humbled her you know in a yeah. sense and and made her feel more real and gave gave people something that they could connect to and and feel like oh you know because when you when you get cheated on you start questioning yourself yeah um a lot women do what's wrong with me what did i do wrong what's this and that so now it's wonderful like and of course the woman's probably not perfect and who knows what you know the, the stories are and there's two sides to every story and, right you know whatever people have their reasons for whatever but I think it's great that that girls and women out there can can see this Beyonce and see that okay even Beyonce got cheated on and not feel like it's them and not feel like there's something that they're lacking because you could be the most perfect talented richest mm-hmm. powerful woman in the world and men will still be men yeah and so it's not you baby girl it's them definitely and that's what i loved about it <clears throat> i definitely i definitely got that i definitely liked that she did that um 
I think it's obviously a definitely definitely a very strong message to send. And I also think it's it's she definitely started a lot of conversations. Um and not just about cheating, but I think also about women and um what's the word I'm looking for? Um Women just like people, women are always going to be judged when they get cheated on. Either they get cheated on and people are always talking about them and then they have to like leave their man or they get cheated on and they stay with their man and try to work it through and they're going to get talked about either way. You know what I'm saying? So I think it just started a really good conversation about relationships and commitment and really staying and working things out when somebody does do that to you, man or Mm -hmm. woman. And um, that's what I really like about it. And I came across this article... Um, on refinery29.com, which I can obviously post at some point. Um, but there's this girl who wrote a review, um, Brittany Luce, about Beyonce and Lemonade um, and the relationship advice that she feels that Beyonce was trying to give us through Lemonade. Um, so it, it kind of... I just want to, like, walk through it real quick because I think it would be a good conversation. Um, uh-huh. So it kind of just starts out about how she started thinking about it. And so the writer of this article was um, uh, listening to a podcast, and there's a, a guy named Dan Savage, and he was talking about relationships. And so um, Savage was saying that research and data shows that roughly 50% of men and 50% of women in long-term relationships at some point will cheat. And those 50% of men are not are not necessarily married to those 50% of women, so it will touch almost all committed monogamous relationships. Um, so basically, he was just posing the question, like, science, science shows that this is probably going to happen to you. So when it does, if and when it does, like, wh- how are you going to react? What are you going to do? And one of the hosts of the podcast was um, basically just saying um, that the things that he's saying and the, the research and the data that he's putting forth makes her really uncomfortable because intellectually she gets it all. She understands the math and the science and that does happen and she understands desire and that it's not rational, you know, whatever, but, um, that she wouldn't know what to do with the her and she would have a really difficult time seeing a way outside of it being okay or seeing a way to take her man back or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, So then Dan goes on and this is where like my gear started turning and I started thinking about it and I was just like, holy shit, that is a great way to think about it. So Savage says, here's uh, my advice would be if and when it happens, you know, when people always say when they talk about the people they love most in their lives, quote, I would take the bullet for this person. I would walk through fire for this person. Like that's hurt. That's pain. Like you're willing to endure such pain and, and like conflict in yourself Um, for somebody that you love. So um, in a real like profound and life-threatening way, you would take the hurt away from somebody else so that they wouldn't have to feel it because you love them that much. So um, infidelity, when people believe in in monogamy and monogamy is what they want, infidelity is that bullet, is that fire that you're willing to walk through for that person. So if you're willing to commit to somebody and say, like, I'm willing to do this for them, I'm willing to take this hurt and all that, when somebody cheats on you, are you willing to take that pain and try to work through it and, and 
take that on for your relationship. And I thought that was like really impressive. And I think it makes actually a lot of sense. And I liked it. I don't mm-hmm. know. What do you think? Um, I think it definitely makes a lot of sense. I think the question comes into how many times infidelity happens. Of course. If it's like a one-time thing that happened within your relationship and whatever, yeah, you get through it. You find ways to like get through it. I mean, I was in a relationship where I was cheated on and I cheated and mm-hmm. we we talked about it, we got past it, we got Mm -hmm. over it and we moved forward. The one thing that I will say though, that once trust is broken, it's Mm -hmm. broken and it's very, very hard to mend that. And, um, as much as you can, you can forgive, it's very hard to forget Mm -hmm. naturally. Um, and I think that was a very important message in lemonade is forgiveness because a lot of people were like, what the fuck? She dragged him through the fire only to be like, Oh, I love him in the end. But really that's normal. That's a normal relationship. You go through all the bullshit. You, you can be fucking talking about your man one day talking about how like such an asshole he is. And then you're loving on him. Oh, absolutely. Like that's normal. On the most basic level, every single female has done that in a relationship and probably dudes too. But that's like that, that as soon as the, um, as soon as when I was watching lemonade, as soon as it got to like the second song or whatever, I realized that she was displaying the, um, is it seven? or like 11 steps of grief or whatever it is. It's like a Kubler-Ross model, like the scientist. So when anybody, somebody dies or like something tragic Mm -hmm. happens, you have to go through the however many steps of grief. And that's what that was like really based on. And that's, you have to do that. You have to like confusion or whatever it is first and like, um, and then anger. Yeah. 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 All that stuff. So yeah. Like you got to drag them through the dirt and like make them realize like how much they fucked up. And then only once you see their reaction and how they react to that, I feel like that's the only way that you can get back to how she ended lemonade with them together and working it through that because you could do all of that and he could not care. Like, you'd be like, all right, never mind. Like, yeah, I fucked up, but I don't really care that much to try um, to fix things. So I think that's where it comes into play. And, like, people have to realize, like, I mean, nobody knows what goes on behind closed doors, but Jay Mm -hmm. or any guy in general probably came back and humbled himself down and, like, took his pride out of the out of the equation. and was just like, all right, like, I'm pretty much going to submit to you and show you that, like, I know I fucked up and, like, I'm sorry and I'm willing to do whatever steps it takes to get us to the reconciliation point, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think that's what when you said, like, it depends on how many times it happens or whatever, it also depends on, like, the reaction that the other person gives you back and how they they react to the situation. Yeah, for sure. And it's, I mean, it's, it's tough, too. Like, I was talking about this the other day, and we've talked about it before, too, about just monogamy in general yeah. and if, if it's realistic or whatever. And I, it is, I think it's definitely a choice and these people chose to vow you know take a vow till death do us part and if you take marriage and monogamy really seriously and that was something that you chose to to go through then till death do us part you're gonna have to figure out ways to get past the things the trials and tribulations that you're gonna face because yes people are human and yes you people may stray at times Mm -hmm. and that's not to say that it's right but it's not to say that that makes them a horrible person either yeah but i'm also not sure that monogamy and marriage are i don't see them as the same thing 
Because, like, you can commit to being monogamous and only with that one person. But there's so many married people that are, like, swingers or polyamorous or, like, just have open relationships. But that yeah. doesn't mean that they're not committed to each other and care about each other. So um, it's, I, I just feel like they're two, two different things. So if you're committed to monogamy and whatever. But even in yeah. marriages that they have open relationships and, like, you know, whatever it's called, swingers and stuff, like... You can still fuck up and cheat on someone if it's not, like, an open conversation and, and right. however however it is that you guys deal with that. Yeah, man. Relationships are fucking crazy. I wish we could just be, like, animals in the animal kingdom. And that's it. But some animals are monogamous also. Yeah, some. <laughs> like elephants? I actually didn't get to spend that much time in that section in the sex museum, the Museum of Sex. I went the other day and crossed that off the bucket list. And the um, my friend that I went with, she, we were kind of short on time, and she just didn't really want to like go through that that one that much. But it was what was going to interest me the most because mm-hmm. I love to see, you know, through nature how yeah. how sex evolves and how it's different amongst different species and stuff. But um there was a lot of interesting stuff in there for sure. And a lot of it was about how um some of it was about how um a lot of species in the animal kingdom are are neither like male nor female. They're one or the other at different points. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah I saw your snap on that. Which was really interesting to mm-hmm. me. And a lot of the different roles that are the misconceptions of the different female and male roles within the animal kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, I thought it was really interesting cause I feel like, um, a lot of it can translate into humanity mm-hmm. and us as sexual beings and how that's been like suppressed over the years through society and religion and, mm-hmm. and control and all of that. Mm-hmm. And it just led me to think like, why aren't we that free? Yeah. Well, it's interesting you know? because the Indians who owned this land before, anyways, <laughs> um, I was watching Viceland, uh, Gayland, right? It's called Gayland? Gaycation? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah and the last episode they did was on america and they started out with the indians and like uh a a tribe um and they went and they interviewed them and they are the same way they are called two spirit two spirited two spirits like people that are gay or transgender or bi or whatever whatever in the lgbtq community they're known as two spirits because they have both sides and they're never judged like the indians never like like casted you away or they're they're actually uh, more sacred because they have both sides and they have that intuition of both male and female and they can change from one to the other and so they're held at a higher level because of that because um, people who are just heterosexual don't have that ability to be able to tune in to feminine or male or both that's feminine. beautiful yeah it's pretty dope that's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and that's just like that fluidity that we talked about. Like sexuality is very fluid, mm-hmm. and we all are made up. And what we talked about the other day about like your feminine energies and how some men aren't as sensitized, but everyone has it. Everyone has a uh, a male and female energy within mm-hmm. them, and some of them are just higher than others. And right. that's really what it comes down to when it comes to sexuality. Yeah. It doesn't, it's not what the outer shell tells you you have to be. It's whatever's inside. Um, and the energies that come into play at different times. Mm-hmm. 
So, yeah, I thought it was really interesting. The Museum of Sex was super dope. I know. I want to um, get to it. You definitely have to go with time, and you have to want to, you know, read and actually learn yeah. about things because it's not just, It doesn't it's not look that a, big from the outside. And when you were snapping, I was like, oh, wow, she's still there. And I was, like, waiting for you to get to the boob bouncy house. <laughs> Yeah, well, I put my phone on airplane mode yeah. and then just didn't add anything till later. But, um, yeah, no, it's not that big. It just takes time because you, you want to go through and, like, read everything. Yeah. Um, but one of the most interesting things that I came across was a video footage of a porno film mm-hmm. that was came out in 1972, mm-hmm. and it was shown in the New York City's New World Theater, where many celebrities went and viewed it, mm-hmm. um, which is so fucking crazy to me that just in the last, like, a little over 50 years, they used to show poor it theaters. And you oh, my go God. And a ticket and go watch porn. That was one of the main things that I was dying to do in Montreal, <laughs> and we completely forgot. We were literally driving out of Canada, and I was like, we didn't go to the porn movie theater. They have a Damn. movie theater called L'Amour, and they only show porn there. And they have, like, um, VIP areas, or you could have, like, a... a closed off like couch section so you could like have sex there but then like there's this article that I read on Vice like years ago and this guy took his tinder date there like (laughs) for valentine's day so they just wanted to like do something crazy so he like asked this girl if he would go if she would go with him and she said yes and they went but there's like it also is very creepy because there's a lot of like homeless people or like there's people that just like to wait for couples to come so they can watch them have sex while they like jerk off and stuff there's a lot of craziness that goes on but I just I, I wasn't willing to partake in um those activities but I just wanted to go and like see what it was like and we completely forgot so I definitely have to get back up there (laughs) that would have been really cool I would love to go back to um crazy horse in France Mm -hmm. with a guy oh yeah that is that was like such a sexy show that definitely needs to be there with yeah somebody um anyways the The porno was called Deep Throat, um, and basically it was one of the first pornos that had a storyline behind it. Mm-hmm. So the star of it, um, Linda Lovelace, is her is her porn name. I think her I think her real name was Linda Borman or something like that, which is so ironic. Her last name was Borman, like Borman. Yeah. And you bore something? Yeah. Yeah. But she's the complete opposite. Entertaining as fuck. Yo, this girl was a champ. She was... Oh, my God. She... She could definitely... Um, Deep throat? She was, she was definitely talented. And without wrapping her lips around her teeth. Hmm. That's interesting. I was like, wow. <laughs> you go, girl. But anyways... <clears throat> So, yeah, it was one of the first ones that featured a plot. And basically, she was, um, the plot was that she wasn't being, she, she wasn't being sexually aroused. Like, she didn't know what was going on. So, her friend told her that she should go visit this doctor. And the doctor pretty much found this out. This was the movie. Yes. Okay. This is the plot in the, in the okay. porno. That her clitoris was in the back of her throat. <laughs> and so, in order to be stimulated she needed to deep throw i totally saw this movie (laughs) oh my god (laughs) well yeah okay (laughs) 
I definitely saw this movie. Okay, I took a class at my first college that I went to for communications. It was like documentary something class. And it was taught by a priest because it was a a Catholic school. Um, Oh, my God. It was Mount St. Vincent in the Bronx. Um, If anybody wants to go take this class, I don't know if he's still there. Um, And... It was just, like, the history of, like, documentaries and, like, the early start of movies and stuff like that. And so I was really excited to take this class. I've always been into documentaries and films and things like that. So I was really excited about it. And a few weeks into the class, I start realizing that all the movies that he's really showing us are, like, porn or, like, soft porn. And so every week we would be sitting there watching a new film... And it would be people having sex, and I'm just, like, side-eyeing everybody in the class and wondering, like, does anybody else notice this? Like, what is going on? And then, like, I would tell some of my friends um, that were, like, upperclassmen or whatever, and they're like, oh, yeah, I took that class, (laughs) the porno class with, like, priest, whatever, father, whatever his name is. And I'm like, (laughs) so everybody knows this, but nobody, like, does anything about it? Like, this is just so bizarre. Like, I thought I was going to learn about films and documentaries but we're sitting here watching porn and then have to write essays on the cinematography of porn but like he it was just the weirdest thing ever anyways continue that's pretty awesome (laughs) it was but when i was like 18 like i was just like what is going on right now like and a priest is showing it yeah and i was like in my first year in college i was just like is this what college is (laughs) (laughs) In a Catholic school? Yeah. Oh, my God. Anyways, okay, so her <laughs> clit was so in yeah, her throat. Yeah, her clit was in her throat, and the doctor helped her, you know, reach orgasm, and she was so infatuated with him that she wanted to marry him, but he was like, no, I'll hire you as, like, an assistant here, and you can just keep deep-throating until you find the guy you want to marry, basically. <laughs> so, <laughs> and she would just go and, like, you know, work with his different patients. Now, her first two biographies after having done the film and all this stuff, she, you know, went on to say how making the film was such a liberating experience and all of this stuff. Then she later comes out with allegations that she was sexually abused, that she was raped, and that she was um, forced to partake in these acts on film. Um, Even going so far to say that she was um, held with a a gun to her head, forcing her. That's wild. By her husband, who was getting money off of her acting. Crazy. But is that Um, true? I don't, I mean... Like, was it ever found to be true? I'm not saying she's lying. I'm just, is that, like, a known thing, or... They, I mean, they they, they went to court, or whatever they oh, covered okay. it. There was different things that were saying that she had bruises on her that showed that, that that may have been the case, or whatever. There was people who denied it on set. There was, whatever. There was all these speculations. I don't know if it was ever... Um, Resolution... Res- yeah. Resolved. Yeah, in court in court or anything but i mean i believe it yeah like what what was she really gonna get out of it after all that time to come out and say that yeah you know what i mean um but it is actually a big 
problem within the porn industry is a lot of women have been yeah, for coerced sure. into it, forced into it. Um, they are sexually abused. There's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes. Um, I mean, it's that, just like prostitution and a pimp. Like you, that same, you know, whatever you call it could happen in porn. Like you could have a pimp in porn. Right. So. Right. Yeah, so I guess that just, like, leads me to the conversation about porn and, like, what are your viewpoints about porn and the industry and and all of that? I mean... I mean, I don't know. I've never been, like, super, super into it. I obviously came across it when I was younger, like, by accident as a kid, and I was like, what is going on? Um, I don't know. I feel like, obviously, it's liberating and it's open and I feel like people should do whatever they want but then there's a lot of different like we talked about the other day at the studio after the photo shoot there's just a lot of different like fetishes and like weird little like things that I'm just like I doesn't I feel very uncomfortable about it and then like I see a lot of documentaries like on Netflix there's that documentary called Hot Girls Wanted which I think is a big one right now about um uh, the the younger generation getting into the porn, yeah. um, and like they, as soon as they turn eighteen, they fly out to Miami and are doing porn right off the bat. And um, which everybody should watch that documentary. I actually thought it was really good. Um, Hot Girls Wanted on Netflix and things like that. And then it's just like I don't know, cause like you're eighteen and you can make decisions. And there's really mature eighteen year olds, but then there's not really mature eighteen year olds. Um, I definitely think that the whole like school teacher student stepdad daughter like type of stuff is disgusting and just so weird like mentally psychologically like why do you want to watch a dad fuck his daughter it makes me like actually kind of nauseous um but then there's like really like cool stuff and normal like adults and that um that girl that Lainey showed us vex tape and like more of an art form of it I think is really cool and really sexy and just um just really dope and stimulating I don't know it's hard it's hard to say like is it if it's you know right or wrong or good or bad I just think I think there's a lot of bad in it and I think there's a decent amount of good yeah um I agree I mean I think it comes down to like it's not what you do it's how you do it yeah and I I, like I always say that I feel like there's and it's with anything like photo shoots, any type of thing where it ends up being some type of objectifying yeah. of people. There's certain ways to do it where it is beautiful and it's, it looks like an art form, whereas there's other ways that just looks it's just like raunchy trashy and, like, yeah. and manipulated and and I don't know. So I yeah, I don't think I think that. It's I mean, yeah, I think it's beautiful to be that open and liberated or whatever. I just think there's certain ways to do it, and there's a lot of psychological th- traumas I think that come along with it if it's For not sure. done in a way where you're so where you're whole with yourself when mm-hmm. you're doing it. And I think that's the problem is a lot of people go into it as very lost people, um, or finding ways or outlets to deal with other griefs or other things or other traumas in their lives. So they use that as a way of like just releasing, um, and it becomes more of just an act of a body act and not so much a mental or emotional act. And so when you can separate like that, I think it's kind of dangerous. Yeah. Because then you don't really process everything that you've done until later on. Um, so yeah, 
There's I mean, definitely been porn that I've watched that I thought was beautiful and I loved it, but I'm just, I don't know, I'm not really that into porn. Yeah. I don't, like, I'm, there's nothing that I've seen that, I mean, not to toot my own horn, that I don't feel like I'm better at or I yeah. can do myself. Like, it doesn't do anything for me to watch other, it really just doesn't. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, and also, um... It's, uh, I feel like there's also a movement going on in the porn industry, especially in California, and, um, I find it interesting that people are, like, mad about it, (laughs) but they're changing all the laws in California where, like, the porn industry was, like, the staple and, you know, had its headquarters and stuff like that, where now you have to get tested, you have to wear condoms and things like that, and they're not making as much money anymore, so the porn industry has shifted down to Florida into, like, the Miami, Fort Lauderdale area because they don't have those regulations, you don't have to use condoms, the testing isn't as strict and regulated and um like it's you can get like these super young girls and nobody like even bats an eye so um shout out to california for being healthy (laughs) and smart and responsible um so yeah i just porn is interesting and and then it goes back to just at the end of the day no matter what women are going to be looked down on Within the porn industry, and yeah. while men are just glorified, yep. and it's annoying as fuck. It's really shitty, but it's because I feel like that's who really runs the porn industry is mm-hmm. men. Yeah, for sure. Like I would really love to look into it and see how many although women are are forefronts in the porn industry as far as like directors, producers, whatever. I actually think there um, is a lot emerging. I think that um, Jenna Jameson definitely was a huge one that kind of started it off. And she yes. obviously was a porn star for many, many years. And now she, I think, I'm pretty sure she has her own production company and does her own films and all that stuff. And I would hope as a woman that going down the line in terms of the people she hires and things like that um, makes it a more female-driven business um but yeah I haven't that's the only one that just popped into my mind right away that I know for sure like started doing her own thing and um I hope that there's other women that took that blueprint and kind of have been trying to do it themselves because it's just like any other industry once you've been in it for so long it's like you got to think about the future like what are you going to do after this like so you have to like start your own lane or start your own business or whatever it is in it to to keep make sure that you're secure you know yeah, so. and she was a different case too because she was her husband was the director. Like she, yeah, was married, which is so interesting too. I mean that. I don't know. I mean that's a really that's so interesting that people could. I I personally, it's not for me. <laughs> yeah, but you know to be with have a husband and you guys are in the same industry and him being okay with you having sex on camera i mean it is just kind of like acting only you use it's physical yeah and i know people who have done it and it's not easy like yeah. you have to retake redo things it does it's not like this beautiful sexual act that you oh, finally no. see yeah in the final editing it's um it is literally acting but yeah man <laughs> so you would never be a porn star uh no <laughs> no thank you all right. I'm good on that. Yeah. I like to leave a lot to, you know, mystery. Right, right. I think that's sexier. Word. Okay. Um, and then another fun thing that I saw was the glory hole. 
And they had an actual wall in there, obviously, or door in the museum of the glory hole. And basically, these were doors that were in different public places in New York City Mm -hmm. that had holes in them. And guys, females, whatever, would go up to the hole, stick their penis through it, and somebody on the other side would... Suck your dick. Yes. (laughs) And it was very... um, It was a lot more popular within the... um, male gay culture Mm -hmm. um and especially for men who didn't want to admit or identify or whatever with homosexuality they Mm -hmm. would kind of go and it would be this literally you know doors separating you so you didn't have to think about it too much right um but yeah i thought it was i thought that i just thought it was so interesting to see the sex culture in new york city in the 70s and how different it is now. Like, Word. literally, Giuliani came through and just cleaned the whole city up. Yeah. Like, Times Square used to be all prostitutes. It used to just be this really crazy place, which I feel like I belonged in the 70s or something. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that time was definitely a lot for your time, a lot more liberating, a lot more open. Um I think there were, like everything else, pros and cons to it. I think it definitely needed to be cleaned up a little bit. But the fact that, you know, you... The fact that it was just more open and you can um, easily find the things that you were looking for um, and it was more open to um, the gay community and things like that was fantastic. And I think it's weird that it's... it was able to be cleaned up, but with cleaning it, I feel like it was made into like a super bad thing. And, um, that's unfortunate that it happened that way. Yeah, I agree. Cause it's so weird that you would get to a place where it is so open and free and liberating to then go backwards. Yeah. Yeah. You know, which leads me to think that I feel like we're going, we're approaching another yeah. I think almost revolution in a, in a way where people are, are very liberated right now and very open. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, it's cool. It's cool to see how times change. Yeah. Very interesting. I would definitely say head up the Museum of Sex, educate yourself, and then jump in the boobies. That was fun. <laughs> was it as much fun as it looked? Um. Yeah, but you you you're timed, so you can only oh. be in there for a certain amount of time. I mean, I guess you people. Yeah, you have to. There's other people waiting to. I will say, I mean, the museum was cool. I think everyone should do it once. It is a little overrated. I would, I don't feel the need to go again. Whereas, like the Museum of Natural History, right. I love going over and over again. Um, yeah, I think you know. Wait, did they was... have the um, sensory exhibit? Through the yeah, grass or it, whatever? Yeah. It wasn't I good? No. I haven't done it. I'm asking you. <laughs> I don't have no, an opinion it on like, it. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't think it was. I No. I didn't think it was that good. I mean, they have like, yeah. So it's a sensory exhibit. You go through, there's like a tent that's, it's grass, but you're not actually sitting on grass. It's just like grass in the shape of a of a a female body behind you and then you're sitting in it and then it's just like whispering and you're supposed to like lay there and like take in the whispering and that's supposed to be a really sensual thing to help arouse you and like hmm 
I don't know. And then um, then you go through and then there's another part where you're supposed to get on all fours and it's supposed to help you get more into your animalistic state where, mm-hmm. you know, people are so used to standing upright and all this stuff to, like, get you to stand. I don't know. Yeah. And then there was another one that you go in and it's dark and it's it's like a steam room and it had – um, a really, it had a really pretty scent, but that was supposed to arouse your senses with, with smell. Mm-hmm. I just, it wasn't anything that made me feel horny. Mm-hmm. None of it did. <clears throat> and then there was another room that was like the kaleidoscope of lust mm-hmm. and you're supposed to go in there and it's only you that goes in. And it was just like a kaleidoscope. It was just mirrors, but you can go in there alone and I don't know if they time you. Um, but you can do whatever you want in there, I guess. Masturbate, whatever, with all these mirrors around you. Well, how does somebody does somebody have to wait for you to come out? Like, how do they yeah. know if somebody's in there? There's somebody outside watching to make sure, like, regulating people going in and out. Interesting. I thought it would be really cool if you go, could go in there with somebody. Oh, you can only go in there by yourself? Yes. That's boring. Right? <laughs> And you have mirrors all around you and in the ceiling. Like, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, so, they sh- yeah, they should definitely do two at a time. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, it would be really dope. But, yeah, I thought it was, I mean, it was cool. It was an experience. Yeah. Cross it off. There was definitely a lot of cool educational stuff, though, for sure. I mm-hmm. mean, that stuff was definitely more beneficial than the other, like, sensory things and right. things to look at. And it was cool to see, like... They had a replica of Jenna Jameson's um, pussy and asshole. Oh. That, yeah. Her and this other porn star, and they were at one time, you know, selling them, I guess. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Huh. They had a huge life-size female, very lifelike figure mm-hmm. that they also sold to people to... Mm-hmm. You know. Interesting. Okay, cool. Well, all right. I'll have to get to it. I still want to go, obviously, and check it out. Um, Hopefully, I can plan a New York City day and really just run through the list. Word. Okay. Do we have anything else? I'd be down to go again and take more time to read stuff in the um, animal room. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. I think that's the one, like, um, uh, piece of the museum that's just always there. It never changes. Unlike the yeah. boobs and the other thing that um, they bring in different exhibits at different times. Mm-hmm. So. Word. Okay. Cool. What else? Um, I don't know. Did we say everything we had to say about Barry? I think we did. Oh, Beyonce. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I just want to make sure. Speak now, forever, hold your peace. Mm. Yeah. I mean, there was definitely a lot of other messages in there. I was just the read drop their episode, and I listened to a little bit, and I was like, I don't want to listen anymore because I don't want it to, like, clog my thoughts that I have on it. Yeah, I haven't heard them yet. I cannot um, wait, though. It's funny. It's, <laughs> he's, of course, Kid Fury's hilarious. Um, so but, funny. you know, they obviously just brought up a lot of the other issues that she brings up, you know, like race issues and the pr- police brutality and all of those themes that is also in Lemonade that may not be as obvious for everybody um, to catch. Um, 
but they were just saying how how much she's grown um, since her self-titled album, which I believe came out in 2014, and how they feel like we've said that she's finally putting herself out there, not only as an artist, but her personally and how Mm -hmm. she feels about things and how um, she's definitely been criticized in the past, especially um, during Trayvon Martin and all the other um, young black kids that were being killed by police and all that that stuff that was going on and how people felt like her and Jay-Z weren't speaking out and weren't taking a stance on on the situation. Um, But they were actually quietly. They actually paid for a lot of things for those families of those kids that that were killed um but they just feel like now she's finally taking a stance and being like listen you're not going to keep killing us you're not going to keep doing this like making a stand for black women in general and she had that piece uh i think it was malcolm x talking where he was like the black woman is the most disrespected in america or whatever so in terms of just you know african-americans and black power and stuff they just felt like she was taking a bigger stand and they're happy about it and proud about it. And I think that's good. As an artist, at some point, I feel like you kind of have to start taking political stands against certain things, maybe not so forwardly and saying, like, I stand for this, but at least they could do it through their art. And I think that people are starting to appreciate that she's doing that finally because, um, you know, art is a powerful thing. And, and mm-hmm. you know, you can you can say a lot through pictures and music and things like that without having to put your you know voice like voice on a stand like that if that makes any sense yeah no for sure so, and no. I think that's awesome too you know I, I, I just I, yeah yeah I just love how empowering she is for mm-hmm. women and especially black women mm-hmm. and you don't you know not to name any other names or other female artists out there but this is why I hold Beyonce to a higher standard than mm-hmm. the other ones out there because I think she really just is so classy and mm-hmm. just so she's just so powerful and she really is a voice for the voiceless yeah where she you know what I mean like she just puts out there everything that isn't being talked about or it isn't being focused on um in a, in such a beautiful way whereas other artists are kind of just you know i don't know don't yeah. say it mm-hmm. <laughs> so i thought of a question mm-hmm. well once we're done whenever we're done i guess we're done oh okay <laughs> i just thought about it right now it like hit me in the face um right. so beyonce's song oh shit which one is it hold on let me look it up real quick when she's like walking through the street with the bat yes what is it called (laughs) is my question oh hold up i don't know i watched it huh hold up it's called hold up yeah and then she like keeps saying like um what's worse being jealous or crazy and she's like in the job, mm-hmm. whatever. So the question of the day, a la Beyonce, is what's worse, being jealous or crazy? Like in a relationship, is it better to be jealous or is it better or better or worse to be jealous or crazy? Or do you think they're the same thing? I don't think they're the same thing because I think crazy doesn't necessarily have to have a negative 
mm-hmm. connotation to it. I think you can be crazy but still be passionate and loving or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't. I think jealousy is not a, a fun trait to have, possess, mm-hmm. feel. I don't think it's a good thing to feel or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would definitely say crazy. Everybody needs somebody that's a little crazy. Like, <clears throat> that's what's fun. That's what keeps things fun and spicy. But, like, jealousy is just a very ugly feeling um, to make somebody feel or to feel yourself. Mm-hmm. So um, I would say crazy over jealousy. Interesting. I already answered this on Twitter, but because uh, my friend Ori, she posted it. And I didn't know that it was a lyric to Beyonce's song. Like, I thought she was literally just asking a question because it was before uh-huh. I saw Lemonade. So I said that I think, and but I'm thinking, like, crazy, like, Spanish bitch levels of crazy, you know? And okay, so, well, yeah. No, but that was just my initial thought. Like, I uh-huh. get what you're saying for sure, but, like, my initial thought was, like, it's definitely better to be a little bit jealous because I feel like jealousy you... well if we're talking in general you can control better like you know if if you're you're out with your girl or your guy or whatever and they're like just showing somebody else a little bit of attention you're just like what the hell man did it like you just get a little bit jealous not like I don't feel like I'm adequate enough or um like they're doing something wrong but I think that um for some people like and some people like to make other people jealous. I'm not one of those people, but I can, I can understand how they would feel that way. But jealousy is a little bit more controllable because you could feel jealous but not act on it and just, you know, just be like, oh, da-da-da. But when you're crazy, I feel like you can't really control crazy. And, like, you might just lash out at any moment and just, like, say crazy shit all the time and, like, just do crazy things all the time. Yeah, there's definitely that to it, yeah. So, like, I, I would... I just feel like jealousy <laughs> causes bitches to be crazy. Like, I feel like yeah, what else really causes a bitch to go crazy other than them feeling jealous or them feeling like they can't trust you because of jealousy. Yeah. Like, really, in a relationship, what is it that makes a bitch crazy? Yeah, I guess it's jealousy. Or lack of trust. It could lack just be trust. lack of trust. It's not really jealousy. You're not really jealous of another person. You just don't right. trust your significant other to act accordingly yeah yeah so both so if you're crazy you're just fucking crazy (laughs) (laughs) i'm definitely i'm definitely not a crazy girlfriend or a jealous girlfriend like bye i don't have time for it no No. you're not even taking any of this energy yeah you want to go over there go over there yeah (laughs) yeah bye I'll be fine without you. Uh, yeah. I've even had dudes that I've dated be like, oh, you don't even care that I was out with so-and-so? Like, no, bitch. If you want to go out, go out. Like, I'm going to go do me, and I'll see you tonight back in bed. Like, what the fuck? Nope. And if you don't, don't want to come home, don't come home. You'll save me a lot of time and energy, like, worried about you. So, no, I'm not jealous. Go do you, man. If I can't trust that you're not going to go out with your boys, or, like, even if if when guys have, like, girlfriends or friends that are girls or whatever like if you can't trust that they're just friends or whatever then you probably shouldn't be together in the first place so I don't have time for that (laughs) trust is very important yeah trust is very very important yeah yeah (laughs) it's like the main thing yeah 
So Absolutely. If you don't have trust, you don't have anything else. Yeah. Because you have to, like, trust someone to be honest with them. You have to trust them to, like, do certain things with. You have, you have, you have to open up to them, you know? You have to trust them to communicate. So it's, like, because a lot of people will say, like, honesty is the most important thing. That Like, whatever is the most important thing. Um, communication is the most important thing. But if you don't have trust, then you're not going to do all those things. Right. Know? Right. You have to feel safe with that person and know that whatever you say is going to be received and not, you know judged yeah or feel judged or whatever so yeah solid episode yes i think at least i I think it was good (laughs) you know we'll see what the listeners think i can't wait to hear kid fury's take yeah i'm about to finish listening to it cannot wait and a lot of people are like, oh, they're just marketing geniuses. Really? You believe them that Jay-Z cheated on Beyonce? Like, they're just doing all of this yeah. for the next tour and blah, blah, blah. Nah, he cheated on her. Yeah. That shit is real. I believe it. I know it for a fact. But I just love that they flipped it on everybody and were like, nah, yeah. we're just going to make money off of it. Yeah. And she definitely wears the pants. Oh, for sure. She runs shit. Yeah, as it should be. As it motherfucking should be. <laughs> Queen. In a respectful way. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Oh, my God. <laughs> On the read, there's, like, this one part. I'm just going to tell you this one part. So they were, like, sitting there talking about it. And um, they were saying how, like, people were talking about how, like, is it true? Is it this? Whatever. And they were saying, you know, I I don't know if it's true or not. You know, it probably is, but whatever. And they were saying, like, how she probably went out to him and was like, listen, I'm going to write this album. It's going to be about you and your trifling ass. And da-da-da-da, like, going on and on. And then they were saying how, like, he had no choice but to, like, submit to her and be like, damn, all right, like, whatever. And then they were, like, talking as if they were Beyonce. And they were like, yeah, so I'm going to do this. And then we're going to do the visuals. Wardrobe's at 9 a.m., so make sure you're on set on time motherfucker and you're gonna play with my toes yeah bitch on camera and he was like all right because what else are you gonna do if you're trying to get your girl back like you just have to do it like you don't have a choice Word. you just gotta be like okay i love you for sure. And here we go, man. Like, let, nobody, no relationship is perfect. Beyonce is a workaholic. I could see. Why he would. Why a man would need to go and get whatever he needs to get elsewhere. That's not justifying it in any nah. way, shape, or form. But that's not to make him out to be a monster either. Yeah. Like, there's two sides to every story. And it's, I'm not over here like, yes, fuck Hove. I love him. Yeah. I still love Hove. Yeah, for sure. Always. <laughs> Like, both of them. Always and forever. They cannot get a divorce. They can't do that to us. Oh, well, they were saying that. They were like, if they get divorced, who are they going to date? Who? There's nobody else out there in the world for either of them to date. Like, who? Neither. Like, who is going to be at that level with them? Nobody. Like The only thing thing I could see is if Obama and Michelle (laughs) divorce. I hate you so much. All right, everyone. Thank you for joining in this week. 
I'm just I think kidding. it would be a great matchup. You saw that picture the way Bay was looking at Obama when they met. Stop. There is something there. Stop. And, and Hove knows, like, oh, bitch, you want to play me? Well, I'm going to just end up with the most powerful man in the motherfucking world because I can. Oh, wait, can we just end with this one lyric that I just... <laughs> didn't even realize was in the song because it was I just I need to watch actually Lemonade over again because I watched it on my phone at, at the gym on the elliptical so like I really just need to sit down on a big screen and really like go in but on um don't hurt yourself when she's in the garage with the fur that's my favorite 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 one yeah and in verse one she's like who the fuck do you think i is you ain't married to no average bitch boy you can watch my fat ass twist boy as i bounce to the next dick boy i fucking love her dude she said bitch do you know who i am like how dare you think that i won't just go hop up on another dick and be okay I, you know, part of me kind of wants her to be single and just be the ratchet hoe that she wants to be. <laughs> deep down, right? She's definitely yes. so a ratchet hoe, like deep down, and a hoe in a positive way. Deep yes. down inside, like. Part of me just wants her to just. She just wants to twerk it out. And be like, oh, <laughs> oh, let me remind you what I could have been yeah. had I not fucking locked yeah. your ass down. Well, she way. says that in another song, too. She's like, remember who you were in these streets before I came through? Like, who would you meet out without me? Nobody, bitch. She's so right, though. Like, who would you be? Out, like, you'd still be on the streets, like, like whatever, you know, running the streets, being stupid, like, another dude from Brooklyn. <laughs> like... I mean, he would never just be that because he was still Jay-Z before they got together. But obviously his elevation to the next level as like a business mogul and all that. But yeah. She upgraded him. She said it years ago. I know that, but he was still Jay-Z. Like he was still a fucking phenomenal rapper before her. Don't take that away from him. (laughs) That doesn't change. Oh my God, I'm dying. (laughs) Fuck. Hold on. Oh, my God. (laughs) Can't take these attacks. I am coming back. Here we go. I'm not taking anything away from Hope. I'm just giving a lot to Beyonce. Okay. All right. That's all. Okay. Not taking anything away. Yeah. I'm just saying she added a lot to him. Yeah. He did get cuter. She made him, like, seem to be the, the sexiest man alive because she was with him. Yeah. I'm sorry. Isn't that crazy how that works in general, though? Like, you could date somebody who's, like, super whack, but, like, if you're popping, like, everyone else all of a sudden thinks they're popping. That's happened to me before. Um. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Yes. Agreed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> all right, Bay. <laughs> all right. So my last question. Okay. Rihanna or Beyonce? Really, bro? Really? Yep. You can't do that. Why not? You and your sister are so annoying. <laughs> motherfucking annoying nobody's comparing them you guys are the only ones comparing them i'm not comparing i'm just asking you to choose 
Only because I, I uh, no. I, I would never, I could never compare them. No, there is no comparison. But you guys compare I, them all the time. I'm, I don't compare. Yes, I'm you comparing. do. I don't compare. I understand Rihanna is a totally different artist, and I appreciate her for the artist that she is. <clears throat> totally. Bad bitch. I get it. 100%. However, <laughs> there's still a choice here. I don't think that there is. They're just who they are. Obviously, Beyonce is fucking, like, the dopest. Okay, wait. Because then this comes back to, like, an issue that I have with Beyonce. And, like, that's what really makes me, like, question her being a robot and, like, all that stuff. But we're not talking about them as people. Let's talk about No, them no, we're not. But, te- but technically, we kind of are when it comes down to their artistry. Beyonce is a fucking ridiculous performer. She makes great visuals. The music is phenomenal. But how much of her music has she written in her own words? That spoken word all throughout Lemonade, that's not hers. That's another artist's poem. All the visuals from the self-titled album, that's all Crazy Horse. And we saw that with our own eyes. Like, that's, that's, that, it just, I don't know. But she, but I don't think she ever. I don't think she steals it, no. makes it to be her own. She puts it out there and it's almost like she's putting other artists on. So everybody knows that spoken word wasn't hers. We can go on and look up and see who's, who's it is. No, I know. another artist that she's kind of like putting on. You know what I mean? I mean, I get it. But then when it comes Rihanna down, write all her own shit. she, I will bet anything in the world. She has written more of her own full songs than Beyonce ever has. I will put anything on that. Carrie Hilson used to write for Beyonce all her songs. Yeah, but that's part <laughs> of the art though. You know I don't know. But that's something that she's missing from the artist's form is that she can't write her own music or doesn't want or doesn't just doesn't do it. I don't know why it whether she can't or just doesn't want to. But that's why like one point for Rihanna. (laughs) That's a big point, man. As an artist, as a singer, that's like a big thing. No. Yeah. No. Rihanna's dope. Listen, I'm not. No, I'm not. Although I don't think she has a great voice. I'm not getting into that part of it. I don't think she's a great dancer. Okay. Um, <laughs> Yo, Fabian's gonna come for your life. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. I I'm like literally just thinking about him listening to this. <laughs> I think overall, Beyonce is a better artist than Rihanna. Okay. I don't feel like I need to make... I don't want to make that choice. I don't think that it's a, a choice. I just think that they're different people. And they're both good at what they do. Beyonce's great. That's all. So, we'll just... Thanks, everyone. They're both great. They're both great. They're both great. Just... If you had to save one... Oh, my God! <laughs> not do. I can't do this if you. you. have to save one if you're falling off of a cliff. Really, bro? Well, we already saw that Beyonce can jump off a building and not die, so... <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I love Rihanna. Rihanna's a bad bitch. I would definitely fuck Rihanna over Beyonce any day. I, oh. not, I think... That's the better question. Who would you fuck, Beyonce or Rihanna? All right, then we're in agreement here. That's it. We can end the show. But I'm picking Rihanna the person over Beyonce the person. I was just talking about the artist. All right, guys. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Um, I was going to say it again. 
But we'll talk to you next week. <laughs> um, yes, and next week, hopefully, uh, we should be recording in the same room together. So it should be pretty hype. And it's Rowanted's birthday. Ooh. I'm so yeah. excited to go out. I haven't been Me out too. in so long. It's going to be a fun night. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ex- Patty's doing her little dance right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm just excited to, like, get dressed up and be cute and, like, mm-hmm. you know, be a girl. Be All a right. Girl. So, yeah. So, I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this one. And um, anybody new listening, if you listened last week and decided to give us another chance, thank you. Because this was definitely a lot better than last week. <laughs> and, um, yeah, stay tuned. We'll have some more good stuff for you guys. Bye, guys. Bye.